solely upon the hope of thy heavenly grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I have often said that the collect is the means by which the Holy Ghost comes to the aid of our weakness, for we know not how to pray as we ought. But when we make our own, the collect given us by the Church at Holy Mass, at the hours of the Divine Office on any given day, we are absolutely certain of formulating the very prayer that God is just waiting to hear and of making the petition that he is poised to grant. And so we look today at two collects. The collect appointed for this Sunday and the collect of the Feast of St. Martin Martinmas. We prayed Keep, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy family, familiam tuam. The church, the household of faith, is described, or rather describes herself in this collect as a family, implying that we are children of one father, one mother, living under one roof and partaking of one table. Keep, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy family. And the prayer goes on to say, Continua pietate custodi. What is this? Continua pietas. Often we think of piety as one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But before our piety, there is the piety of God. The continua pietas of God. And what is this pietas? It is that by which an earthly father would say, to his child, there is nothing I would not do for you. This is the pietas of the heavenly Father. There is nothing I would not do for you. And the church, the household of the faith, the family of God, says in this collect, Not only keep, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy family, in thy unfailing fatherly care. I suppose that's the only way to translate continua pietate custodi. In thy unfailing fatherly care. That, and here we come to the, the tricky bit of the collect, that as it, the household of God, the family of God, 
relies, says one translation. But that's some of it, but not all of it. We said in the collect, utque in solas pe gratiae celestis inititur. That's a fascinating word. It means to lean on, to rest upon. It means to support oneself by bearing down upon another. I find this an extraordinary image of our reliance upon grace. And the collect speaks specifically of hope of heavenly grace. This morning in chapter, I quote it as I often do, the very words of Jesus to the Apostle Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee, for power is made perfect in infirmity. Today's collect gives us the assurance that at no moment will heavenly grace be lacking to one who leans upon it, to one who cannot take a step without supporting himself on its strength. The image is of a very frail person, one crippled by an injury or drained of all strength. This is an apt image of the church, the bride of Christ, who advances gementes et flentes, mourning and weeping, in this valley of tears, amidst weaknesses, afflictions, and infirmities of all sorts. The church goes forward leaning on her bridegroom. And thus, the history of the church plays out, fulfills that mysterious word in the Canticle of Canticles. Who is this? Who is this that cometh up from the desert, flowing with delights, leaning upon her beloved? That leaning upon her beloved is the very phrase that is in some way enshrined in today's collect. And today we have two collects, because we don't want to neglect the glorious Saint Martin, especially in that Saint Martin, again this year, has given us Saint Martin's summer, if only for a day. And we pray in the collect of St. Martin. O God, who knowest that we stand not 
you'll see that the collect of the Sunday and the collect of St. Martin interlock, dovetail in some way. O God who knowest that we stand not by any strength of our own, mercifully grant that by the intercession of St. Martin, thy confessor and bishop, we may be kept from all harm. Let's unpack it. Deus qui conspicis, qui ex nulla nostra virtute subsistimus. Now, this verb, subsistimus, in the comment is very interesting. It means to stand upright. It can also mean to stand firm, or we would say to take a stand. It also means to hold out. It means to withstand, to oppose, to resist. What an interesting word. Qui ex nulla nostra virtute subsistimus. Not by any strength of our own do we stand upright. The image of the church leaning on the beloved. Not by any strength of our own do we stand firm or hold out or withstand or oppose or resist. Now, why is this particular verb used in the Collect of St. Martin? St. Martin was one who took a stand, who stood firm, who resisted the wolves, that threatened the flock of Christ and trusted to him. We stand firm, we stand up, we hold our stand not by any strength of our own, God knows. Does not Jesus say in the 15th chapter of St. John, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same beareth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. Now, the prayer goes on to ask that we may be kept from all harm. Contra omnia adversa muniamur. Adversa, the things that, that come up against us, or against which we come up against. Now, what is this harm? Sulpicius Severus describes the deathbed scene of St. Martin, which text from the life of St. Martin is taken up in the antiphons for the office of his feast. But this is what um, Sulpicius Severus describes. He spent some time in Candes, or rather in its church where he stayed. Peace was restored, and he was planning to return to his monastery. So, of course, you have to understand uh, that in St. Martin we have all the states of life possible uh, to a Christian. 
He was a soldier, a catechumen, a monk, and then he was priesthood, and then he became a bishop. He continued as bishop to live among his monks. As bishop, he did not forsake his monastic profession. And this is why uh, in our monastic liturgy, the Feast of St. Martin is given such great importance. So he was planning to return to his monastery when suddenly he began to lose his strength. In the collect, O God, who knowest that we stand not by any strength of our own. He began to lose his strength. He summoned his brethren and told them he was dying. All who heard this were overcome with grief. In their sorrow, they cried to him with one voice. And what did they say? Father, why are you deserting us? A pathetic cry. Father, why are you deserting us? Who will care for us when you are gone? Now listen. Savage wolves will attack your flock. And who will save us from their bite when our shepherd is struck down? We know you long to be with Christ, but your reward is certain and will not be any less for being delayed. You will do better to show pity for us rather than forsake us. And then we have this magnificent prayer of St. Martin. Thereupon he, Martin, the bishop, broke into tears. For he was a man, this, this sentence of the of Sulpicius Severus is magnificent, for he was a man in whom the compassion of the Lord was continually revealed. That's the portrait in one pithy sentence of, well, yes, Episcopal holiness. The holiness of the model bishop. A man in whom the compassion of our Lord was continually revealed. And how does this bishop pray? Turning to our Lord, he made this reply to their pleading, Lord, if your people still need me, I am ready for the task. Your will be done. This is, of course, one of the most magnificent pages of Christian Geography. Now, the harm from which we pray to be protected in the Collect of St. Martin is the attack of savage wolves that the disciples of St. Martin so fear. And how can we not remember that other bishop, the Bishop of Rome, who prayed to be strengthened in the hour of the wolves? fierce attacks. Now, the bishop's staff is not decorative. It's a weapon, a sturdy weapon. 
It may be used, of course, gently to guide the flock along the right path, as we read in Psalm 22. But it may be used, brandished, I say, wielded with energy and might to defend the flock against the wolves that threaten it. Now, you will see, if you return to the two collects given us today, that of the Sunday and that of St. Martin, that taken together they form a single complete prayer. The family of God is united around Christ her shepherd and leans upon him alone for support as it advances through this valley of tears. The Church believes in the power of grace and proclaims the power of grace in the face of every infirmity, physical and moral, in the face of every inclination to sin, every temptation to despair. The Church believes and confesses the triumph of grace even as the cockle grows up alongside the wheat. No man stands by any strength of his. We stand subsistimus only by the grace of Christ the Shepherd and by his sturdy defense of the flock. And it is because he believed in and experienced the power of grace that St. Paul was able to write so confidently to the Colossians in today's epistle. Let the word of Christ dwell in you abundantly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual canticles, singing in grace. Have you ever noticed that phrase, singing in grace, in your hearts to God? Some translations have singing with thanksgiving. But the Latin gives in gratia cantantes, singing in grace in your hearts to God. This singing in grace is no naive whistling in the dark. It is the very life of the Church, who, though given in certain hours to mourning and weeping, Thanks God for the triumph of grace, and this with the certainty of faith and with the irrepressible hope given her at every moment by the Holy Ghost. And so we go forward into the Holy Mysteries in gratia cantantes, singing in grace, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.